Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. Uh, before I start, the Lord put something on my heart this morning, and it's concerning our children's workers. Do you realize why we're sitting over here enjoying the presence of God that they're instilling in the hearts of our children, Jesus Christ and his word? I wish that when I was their age that I had the knowledge and the truth and the understanding that is being put into them because my life would have been different because I would have known who I was in Jesus a long, long, long time ago instead of having to go through all this religious stuff and finally come to the conclusion that's not where it's at, but it's Jesus in you the hope of glory. And so he put it on my heart, not to take an offering, but for you to consider and to think, what could you do to bless them? They don't need it. It's not that they're asking for it, but us as the body of Christ to do body ministry, I think we should show them our appreciation for them taking such good care of our children. I could say, oh, it's such a sacrifice to work with the kids, but that's not true because if it's your heart, it's not a sacrifice. You see, they're rewarded every day that they're there teaching the children about Jesus because they're implanting seed of the kingdom into their hearts. And so God put it on my heart to give towards a special event for them, something special to show our appreciation to them for teaching our children and taking such good care of them. And I talked to Pastor Joel before I got up here just to make sure it's okay. And, and he said that there will be a bucket at the connect table where if you want to give cash or, or, or check or if you want to text, you can text kids and it'll go towards blessing our children's workers. Now, I'm so glad to be here. We're talking about joy, I am. And man, I had such a joyful time this morning in worship. And we sang a song, we sang a couple of songs and it's about the presence of God and knowing and feeling the presence of God. And you know what I've come to figure out and understand? That I'm the house of God. He paid a high price to live in me. And where is he? He's right here. Where's his presence? It's right here. So many times we think, oh, I got to go over here and experience the presence of God. And he says, hey, wait a minute, I'm right here. I thought I would run to the back and then walk forward and say, you know, as we come into the church, Jesus comes in with us. Is that our mindset? Is that our perspective? Is that how we see? Are we coming here saying, God, I thank you for the worship team so they can stir my heart up so I can be in your presence and I can feel you. I think, why can't I do that every moment of every day wherever I'm at? Because he lives in me. His presence is here. And in his presence is the fullness of joy. Ah, the fullness of joy. It's not an emotion. But I get emotional when I know joy. (laughs) It just comes. And you know, I found out something else. That the, the root word for joy is the same word for grace. So grace and joy are brothers and they're, sino- they're one together. So when I get joy, I have grace. And when I have grace, I have joy. Because God's there. <laughs> I heard a scripture. I read, uh, had a thought. Um, a scripture came to my mind. And it's, it's the joy of the Lord 
is your strength. So I thought, and I wonder where that's found. What's the context? I know the joy of the Lord's my strength, but what's the context? And so it's in Nehemiah. Figure that way, 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 way back then. The joy of the Lord was their strength. And what led Nehemiah to say that? You see, he was a cupbearer to King Artaxerxes. Man, I can't even say my name and say that one. But, and so he's the cupbearer and he has this position that's very important because he got to taste and eat everything that the king got. So if it was poison, he would be the guy that get to go and not the king. And the king trusted this man. And one day he said that his brethren came, one of them, and he says, man, I'm so upset. Jerusalem is in such disarray in, in, in Judah. It's just bad for our people. Because see, they were in captivity for 70 years. And so Nehemiah, he was so upset about this and he began to pray and he asked God to forgive him and to forgive his fathers and forgive all those who had done according to the word of God. And he fasted, and, but yet he still had to be before the king every day. And the king says, there's something different about you today. What's wrong? Oh, there's nothing wrong. He said, no, no, there is something wrong. What is it? He said, well, I heard about my people's and in Jerusalem and how that is so desolate and the walls are down and the gates have been burned and, and our people are just so discouraged. And the king says, I'll tell you what, I'll let you go and you take whatever you need to fix it. Huh, ain't that God? <laughs> right? He meets, supplies all your needs. And so he gets there and they start this endeavor to build the wall and then the Sanballat and Tobiah or whatever his name is, they were there and they didn't want them to build the wall because they remembered when Israel was in their heyday and that they had this fortification and God was with them and what God did through them. And yet said, we don't want them to build the wall. And so Nehemiah's there and, and they start building the wall. And then, so they make this plan to come in and tear down the wall. And so when they hear about it, Nehemiah says, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna work with our weapon in one hand and we're gonna work with the other, rebuilding the walls. And we're gonna have a guard night and day. And they did all that. And you know what? It says, after 52 days, they had completed the wall and the gates. And so Ezra comes, they built this platform. Ezra's the priest and he starts presenting the word of God to the people and the Levites with him. And it says that they began to explain the people, all who could understand, men and women, the word of the Lord. And they began to explain to them the word of God, how that in covenant relationship, if we're in covenant with him and we live according to the covenant, that God is on our side and nothing, nothing can be victorious over us. And so they're there and they're reading the word and the people are weeping because they're understanding the word and they think, 70 years they haven't heard anything. They're not allowed to be taught the word of God, to know their background, where they come from, the heritage of God, their father, God, their covenant partner. And so they're there and, and is that how we would be today if, if we come and to know him in that kind of a relationship that we'd just be, oh, it's so wonderful to weep and just be so, you know, oh, I'm so glad, Father, that you care for me so much, that you did so much. And Nehemiah says, no, 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 wait a minute. This is a holy day unto the Lord. Don't you cry, don't you weep. 
He said, what's gonna happen is you're gonna eat the fat and drink the sweet. In other words, what he was saying was, God says, I'm giving you my portion of the sacrifice of the offering for you to enjoy. God says, you're my people and you get the best. And Nehemiah says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I get to partake of the best of all that God is because I'm in covenant relationship with him. Oh, if you're not excited now, man, that's, that's, man, that's the part there where joy begins to, ah, you know, and you go. And then, and then to, to keep in line with Advent and the Christmas season, I want to read something out of Luke chapter two. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And a beautiful, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. I bet he was beautiful too. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. You notice he didn't say just to the Jewish people, just to those that were good, but to all people. That includes me. (laughs) I'm part of all people. (laughs) Great joy. Good news. Great joy. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you and you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Why did he say there's peace? Why did he say peace to you? Because the Savior had come. And he was going to live a life according to the strictness of the law to fulfill every jot and every tittle. Not get away with it, not do away with it, but to complete it, to fulfill it. Why? So that when I enter into relationship with him, the law is fulfilled in me because I'm in Christ. Now I'm free to do the one commandment that's most powerful, most important of all, which is to love God with all that I am and to love you as I'm loved by God, as I love myself knowing this relationship with him. And I'm thinking of this story and it's like, ah, God, Jesus, he allowed Holy Spirit to put him in the womb of that young virgin. God, and now he's in the womb of a, of a young virgin and he's there nine months and he's just growing like babies do. I'm thinking, what's he thinking about all this time in here, you know? Man, I was just up there with father and now I'm in here. And, and it's not just the Christmas story. I mean, we hear it, we, it gets so commercialized and it's, oh, it's Christmas, we gotta give gifts, we gotta go into debt, we have to do all these. No, it's the story of God loving man so much that he gives the gift of himself. You see, God is love and love is God. So love was incarnate that day in Jesus Christ when he was put into the womb of Mary. Ha! Love, God's love. And he grows. He even had to be born like the rest of us. He took no shortcuts. And she had to take care of him and change his diaper and feed him and he had to grow. And you know what he did like every other good Jewish boy did? He studied the scriptures. 
See, he didn't just wake up and say, I'm Jesus, I'm God, I just know everything. He says, no, I'm doing it as a man so I can show you how a man, a woman, a human being can live a life of victory through power of Holy Spirit being in you and you can accomplish the will of God. He said, and this will be for you great good news of great joy that Jesus came so he could live in me and I could be like him. Does that excite you? It should. I mean, man, if we just realize Holy Spirit lives in here and the presence of God is here and in his presence is the fullness of joy. That means that every moment, every second of every hour, of every day, of every year, I can live in the presence of God because he lives inside me. It's my choice to, to believe that and accept that and to live there. I'm thinking, man, it's just a great thing. I drive down the road and I'll be thinking about God and I look over there and I just know he's there. And all of a sudden it's like, I can't drive. <laughs> it's dangerous, but God is good and he's faithful and he keeps me safe and protected and preserved. So, so, right? And Jay, I thought he was gonna preach my sermon when he read the scriptures. I mean, he went to Psalm 16. And in verse one, here we go. That's a lot smaller print. It says, preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. Do you know that word preserve is almost the same meaning as the word sozo? To be protected, preserved, delivered. Sounds familiar, right? He said, sozo me, God, because I put my trust in you. And then we get to verse 16, actually half of 15. Nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life and in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Wow, what do we think of when we think of pleasures? If we're not careful, our mind, our flesh just goes crazy, right? But man, what a pleasure it is just to spend time alone with him. What if, just what if we wake up in the morning and realize that here we are, God, and here you are. And I just thank you that today, as Dustin said, your mercies are new every morning. That means that today God woke me up through his mercy so that through his grace and through faith, I can be more like him. You know what that means? I'm not the man I was yesterday. I'm a new man today. He says, for if anyone is in Christ, behold, the old is gone and the new is come. That's today. It's not just this one time thing. It's every day I wake up in new mercies to have the grace of that day to fulfill me in love and in joy. Every day. Ah, every day. See, that's what we need to understand. That's the perspective we need to have. It's not, oh, I gotta wait till Sunday so I can come and be in corporate worship with God to fill your presence and to hear something about you. It's God, I wake up thanking you, you live in me and Holy Spirit teaches me all things Jesus so I can be like my father. Ah, what joy that I get to be like my father. That's the way I wake up. You say, oh, but do you ever have troubles? You better bet I do. You mean you actually have opportunities not to feel that way? You're most certainly sure. 
See, I learned one thing. God is not moved by my circumstance. He stays solid like the rock he is. And so why should I be moved by circumstance as well? When he's not, he's the God over the circumstance. And he said, I live in you. Not only that, I give you the power of life and death in your tongue. What are you going to say? What are you going to do? Scripture says, if you can believe, all things are possible to you and you'll have whatever you say. Now, when we apply that to the word of God and the knowledge of God and Holy Spirit living us and through faith believing what God has just said, we receive the good things of God. But what about, oh man, it's going to be a bad day today. I can already feel it. I know my boss isn't happy with me already. What am I doing? I'm speaking what's in my heart that I'm believing. And guess what my day's going to look like? But I get up and I say, Father, I thank you. I'm in your presence. That you're here. You live in me. You love me so much that Jesus came a man and lived as a man so that he can say, Archie, I know what you're going through. When you're lonely, I know what it is to be lonely. I was separated from the Father. And he had never been separated from the Father. He says, I know what loneliness looks like and I can count you, I can love you and we can have joy together knowing that in me is peace and love in all that God the Father is in me and it's in you because you, I live in you. Now, if that doesn't make you have joy, we better come down and pray and we better come and seek God and say, Lord, I need to be born of your spirit, be born again so I can be just like you. I grew up in a church and the message of the gospel was Jesus died for you because you're a sinner and you need to be forgiven. And that is very true, right? But he didn't die just because I was a sinner. He died because God saw me as a son and he saw how he purposed for me and destined me from the beginning before sin to be just like that now through Jesus, and if that doesn't excite you, we better get some fire burning here. Maybe we'll get Dustin to run the candle around or something. I mean, my goodness. God lives in you if you know Jesus. Ephesians says, to know the love of Christ. And you say, you're talking a lot about love. Yeah, because love is the source of joy, Right? No love, no joy. No love, no peace. No love, no faith. I mean, it's just there. But you see, this is what gives me joy in the morning. Believe me, I look in the mirror and I said, this is not a joyful sight. But I know that inside there's the righteousness of God and that gives me great joy. Amen? It's 21 years ago. I hadn't even been married a year and I herniated a disc in my back. And I could not work. How many of you know that's not a good way to start a relationship with your wife? She's working and you're at home loafing, right? Well, I wasn't loafing, but the doctor said, you can't pick up anything over 10 pounds. I'm thinking, Lord, my hammer weighs 10 pounds. What, what am I going to do? And so I said, Lord, all my life I've been in church and I've heard about you and heard what people say that we should do and to be. But I said, Holy Spirit, I need you to teach me what your word says because you inspired every writer and you inspired them what to say. 
And you know exactly what you meant when they penned the words. I know we can go do studies and get the past, present participles and this and this and this, why this and this and this says this. But Holy Spirit says, that's not what I meant. (laughs) And so it was like a month or two months. I don't remember the time frame, but two things occurred to me. One, I realized I was the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you know what that meant to me? No matter what, I'm right with God. He's never mad at me. He's never upset with me. He's never hurt or offended at me, even when I've done some pretty goofy things. And you know what? The second thing is for 21 years, I've lived without guilt, shame, or condemnation. It's possible. Why? Because that comes to someone who's guilty. I'm not. I'm righteous. I'm just. I'm holy. I'm blameless. In his sight, he presents me that way to him. And he presents you that way to him. See, we get all wound up and think, well, I've got to do this for God. Okay, I can do this for God, but it probably isn't for God. It's for me to try to figure out how I can be pleasing to him and maybe he'll show me good favor. I remember years ago, a preacher was preaching and he was talking about an apple tree. He said, did you ever see an apple tree in the field and it come close to time to start producing fruit and all of a sudden the apple tree's going, oh, come on. Oh, there's one apple. Whoo! That was a lot of work. Oh, wait, wait. Oh! There's another one. You ever see an apple tree do that? No, I just see them sit out there like this, and it looks like they're just enjoying the sunshine, you know, waving in the breeze, and all of a sudden, bloop, 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 bloop. Why? Because they know what they are. They're an apple tree, and they produce fruit. They produce apples. It'd really be weird if an orange popped out, all right? Because they're apple trees. I want to read you another scripture in Isaiah and tell you what kind of tree that you are. Isaiah 61, verse one. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Does that sound familiar? Sounds kind of like what Jesus read when he comes in from the wilderness and he opens the book. (laughs) The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Oh yeah, amen. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of, your, of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, to the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I'm a righteous tree. (laughs) God planted me that way. He planted you that way. Do you realize you're a righteous tree if you're in Jesus? So what's the fruit we should produce? Righteousness. Righteous fruit. That which is always right and good with God. Why? So my neighbor who doesn't know Jesus can partake of the righteous fruit and come to know him and the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Ah. (laughs) Sometimes I think 
I don't know. I'm surprised I haven't cried my eyes out yet. It's just like, oh. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like today, I think I'm about done, so if you want to come on up. I, I, I feel like today that there are those here of us that haven't experienced or known the true joy of the Lord. Can I tell you, you can't know joy without knowing Jesus. It's impossible. You can't know love without knowing Jesus. It's impossible. But if you come to know Jesus, then you know love, and then you know joy. See, that's part of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit, I believe, is love, and within love is joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and meekness and kindness and goodness and faith. Against such, there is no law. I would like for you all to be partakers of the fruit of God, love, his love, which brings great joy. And Jesus, in, in, in chapter 12 of, of, of Hebrews, it says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you realize when he was bay back here and he was put in the womb of a woman, it was for the joy of going to the cross? Not the suffering, not all that he went to, but what was gonna happen because he did that. Because he planted himself a seed and it died. And then he came up and he said, he's the, he's the brother of many brethren. You see, he knew that if he died for our sake, if he was planted, that he would grow and produce much fruit. And he said, I count it joy to be here, to live this life. Sometimes we think, oh God, I don't know, man. It's just not right. I just had this car accident. My neighbor said ugly things about me and my boss just said, I can't work here anymore. What do I do? What do you do? I count it for joy because I know he's got the answer. I'm in his, I'm a tree of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. And his righteousness, his holiness, his justness, his goodness always prevails. Man, we have life. Life happens to all of us. That shouldn't hinder our joy. It shouldn't hinder us knowing the presence of God. In that moment should be the moments that we have, oh, the greatest experience of the presence of God. Because we know that in him, it's all okay. In him, I have great joy. And so you can wake up in the midst of circumstances and Jesus says, ah, oh, it's just a pass. I got something better for you. You have life in me. Let me live in you and you'll see how good life is even when they're throwing rocks at you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The disciples said, they beat us for your sake. <laughs> Woo, we were having fun, weren't we, boys? Oh, they were beating us for Jesus. I just can't wait till tomorrow. Is that our, is that our expression of faith? Oh God, they're talking ugly about, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Where's my perspective? Is it on him or is it on me and my circumstance? He's the God of circumstances. He's not moved by my circumstance. He wants you to know his great joy. Man, in his presence is fullness. That means there's no more room to put in joy. You're full of it and it's overflowing. 
because that's how it's supposed to be. And he loves you so much. And he wants to let you know how much he loves you. Do you realize that the king of glory, the God of heaven took your place as a sinner? Not being a sinner, but took your place so that you could be in the place of him, a son of the living God, a daughter of the living God. If that doesn't excite you, we need to resurrect you. You need to know Jesus in his fullness so you can experience the great joy of knowing he's with you 24-7. And I always tell people this, when you wake up in the morning, you look at that face in the mirror and you declare and proclaim over yourself looking at that face and say, that's the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you know what that does? That sets the tone for your day. Because if I'm right with God to begin with, I'm gonna go through the rest of the day like that. And then people get to see him shine through me, shine through you. Thank you, Jesus. If the prayer team would come. I hope I made a little sense. And I hope that your heart is touched with the goodness and the love of God. And that you would say in your heart, God, I want to know, not just experience your joy, but I want to know your joy. To know that in your joy, in your presence, is the fullness of joy. Thank you, Jesus.